Hi, this is Lauren from Discovery Church. Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's podcast. We hope that you find value and that is very impactful to your life today. Have a great one. How many of you know someone right now who's a little bit hard to love? It's interesting that as we continue in this pandemic, that this last 18 months have seemed to make more of those individuals as just hard to love. Now, there seems to be light at the tunnel, church, and uh, we're so excited to hang out. Like I said, next Sunday from 1 to 3, we're going to hang out, uh, you know, if restrictions lift a little bit in person, which seems to be light at the end of the tunnel. But experts are saying that it's actually probably going to take years and decades before we fully understand the impact that this last 18 months, this COVID season, has had on us in all sorts of different areas, not just our physical lives, but our spiritual lives and our mental health, and certainly our relational health. So many families and marriages and relationships have found themselves really struggling in the past 18 months. We have, and I'm sure many of you at Tom's have really been hurting, struggling, tensions high. It's no wonder because the last 18 months have created this perfect scenario for tension, right? The, the world shuts down and, and it's forced us to spend enormous amounts of time with some people and almost no time with other people. And depending on where you're living and where you're listening or watching from today, restrictions high one minute, low the next minute. We have hope that it's coming to an end and then it's ripped back from us. And if you're a parent... Suddenly, you, you know, you, you, were, you were a homeschool parent. You were and you weren't. You're back and you're not. Teachers and nurses and frontline workers. The roller coaster of emotions and, and things you had to walk through and deal with. The complications with school for students. Post-secondary students. All online. Some of the best years or best times of your life, some of the best friends you might feel like you've missed out on. Work, you know, it's all at home. There's, then there's a compounding disappointment personally. You know, we all have disappointments personally, but also we're feeling the disappointment for others in our lives. You know, we have two kids and, you know, disappointment that T-ball's canceled and T-ball's back on and we can't do this and we can't do that. And there's disappointments and we're feeling disappointments, not just for ourselves, but for other people. And on top of that, we have fears of, of health and financial worries. Maybe if you lost a job and even if you didn't lose a job, there's a talks of downsizing and losing jobs. And man, it's just been a crazy 18 months. But I'm so glad that we're still here and that you're still here and that we're still family and we're still getting through this and we're better together and moving forward. But then... You know, you take into the account politics, you know, religious debates, and now science. All of a sudden, so many people have become science experts. Two years ago, I, you know, I had people with political views that differed and religious views that differed. But two years ago, I didn't know anybody that was an expert in science. But now, today... Man, it seems like everybody's an expert in science. We've watched three YouTube videos, listened to a couple podcasts. We've read something or we've heard something or along with mixed with politics and church religions. Man, it's just crazy. It's like the perfect storm 
is happening. And depending on where you stand on certain issues or certain areas, it makes it easy to be offended and really hard to love specifically someone that may be on the other side of your opinion. How many of you can think of someone right now who you know is really difficult to love? Now, people today, and we, we've touched on this quite heavily ever since January, actually, that people are quick to be offended, quick to be angry, quick to judge. You know, you hurt me, you wrong me, I'm going to cancel you out, I am offended. If there's a word to explain 2020 and 2021, it's probably the years of offense. The last 18 months, man, we're living offended. So many people are living in this, this time of always being offended. And uh, I, I think it was last week or maybe the week before in the Let It Go series that we said that if you're, con- if you're in a continual search to be offended, you will always find it. You will always find what you're looking for. If you're always looking to, hurt, to, be, to be hurt, to be offended, to be wrong, to be angry, you will always find what you're looking for. And the challenge is that there's absolutely no win Whatsoever, there's no win in living offended. We've never met anybody, I've never met anybody anyway, that says, my life is so much more productive because everywhere I go, I'm offended. I've never heard it. Or the quality of my life is so much better because I'm angry and find fault in everyone or anywhere or everywhere I go, I find fault. No. But we do have to understand that in this season, people are hurting right now. You're listening, and you might be saying, yeah, that's me. I'm hurting right now. People are on edge. The truth of the matter is, is that when people are hurt, they hurt people. You've heard it said before, hurt people hurt people. And we need to recognize that being offended is inevitable. Jesus said that in this life, you will experience trouble. You will be offended. Not everyone's going to like you. So it's, it's, it's a promise that you will be offended. But it's your choice if you're going to live offended. So how do we find peace? We're in a series called finding peace or missing peace. We're in a series called Missing Peace, so how to find peace. So how do we find peace in a time where people are going to offend you, going to hurt you? It's inevitable. Hurt people hurt people, and people are hurting right now. You know, there's more road rage. There's more uh, substance abuse. There's more anger issues in, in our world than ever before. Hurt people are going to hurt people. And honestly, understanding that we're hurt. Man, I've had moments of hurt and, and fear and uncertainty. And a big reason that we've actually just delayed 
our relaunch of in-person gatherings until September is because we want to prepare our hearts, prepare our lives. People that call Discovery Church home, you and, and me and us as a family, that we can actually get into a place where we're healthy or moving into a place of health so we can actually help people when they come, when we relaunch, who are hurting, that we're not, we're not trying to help people from a place of hurt, but we're in a place of renewal and God is working in our lives. So we're not hurt people, hurting people, but we're, we're, we're restored people, restoring people. We're in a process of becoming more like Christ, but we can help people along. You know, that's what you know, our freedom journey is all about. And you've heard us talk lots about freedom groups and we're in our second semester of freedom groups and it's going amazing. People will hurt you. And you have a choice. We have a choice. If we're going to live offended and hold on like we talked about in the last series. Or if we're going to let it go and live in peace. And if we're going to live in peace. Love has to be our default. It's impossible to live in peace. You know, we're missing peace. We're trying to find peace. It's impossible to live in peace if love is not a foundational component to our lives. Romans 12, Paul writes something that's really difficult to live, but kind of quite easy to read because it just kind of flows off our lips, and you've heard it before, but it's really difficult to live. And the Apostle Paul um, said it like this. 12, 14 to 18, it says, Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't, uh, don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Some, some translation says, live in harmony with one another. It says, don't be proud. Be willing to associate with people that are in lower positions. Don't be conceited. Don't repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And then verse 18. This is our key verse for today. If possible, one translation says, if possible, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you. Paul's speaking to us, like personally, Christians, followers of Christ. As far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone. If it's possible. By every ability that you have. Live in peace. Bless those. Starts off. Bless those who persecute you. Bless those who persecute you. I, I kind of look at that, you know. Persecution, I'm not sure if we really comprehend it because we probably think persecution is like losing your life or lives or being beaten for, for the cause of Christ. Yes, that is persecution, but maybe taking it into our context here in Canada, 
Maybe it's bless those who are short with you. Bless those who disagree with you. Bless those who annoy you. Bless those who are hard to love. So I look at that and say, well, well what, does, what does it mean to bless? Now, over the past couple of weeks, we've been learning a little bit of Greek and Hebrew. And although it wasn't my best mark in Bible college, I pulled out some more, more Greek. And the word for bless in Greek is, I'm going to try to, try to say this correctly, eulageo, which means to speak well of or to wish a blessing for someone. See, this is really hard. It's easy to read, but it's hard to actually implement to our lives because to speak well of or wish the best, uh, the best blessings for somebody who's rude to you, that's hard, right? To speak well of and wish the best blessings for somebody that betrays you, it's hard. Bless those who persecute you. Bless those who are really annoying. Bless those who need forgiving again. You know, for, for me, if, if I could be honest, for me, and, and again, you're probably way more spiritual and way better than, than I am, but I just, want, I just want to lay it out real for you today. It's real easy for me to bless you if I like you. But it's the other people that's difficult. You know, it's easy to bless someone who's a blessing, or it's easy to be nice to someone who's nice, and it's easy to be generous with someone who is generous. But it's incredibly tough when someone offends me, when someone's are harsh with me. Anybody else? You know, maybe click the chat button, raise up your hand. Maybe that's something like, yeah, me too, me too. You know, it's really hard to bless someone when somebody belittles you. Someone leaves you out. Someone hurts your feelings or betrays you. It's hard. And in fact, here, here's a real dark side of me, okay? Please don't hate me. Love me. Pray for me in my process of becoming more like Christ. But here's, here's where a really dark part of me comes out if I'm not careful. And I even... You know, it's a, I, I kind of even hate to say this out loud, but I think it makes a point because we're imperfect people in pursuit of a perfect God and we're all in process. And, and like I said, you're probably way better than I am in this. But in regards to someone that I don't respect or shall I say I don't really like, there's a very sick part of me that likes it when they get what they deserve. You know, when something happens bad in somebody's life, there's a part of me, if I don't keep it in check and surrender it to the Holy Spirit, that I kind of have a little bit of like a smile because... You got what you, you know was coming to you. Now you can sit at home and say, well, <laughs> Pastor Lauren, man, you, you're supposed to be helping lead this church. Well, 
hold on a moment. Don't tell me you don't smile when a really nice sports car flies by you on the freeway, flies by you on the white mud or whatever, maybe the 401 or, you know, the Autobahn, wherever you're watching from today, and a, and a sports car flies by you 40 kilometers or 40 miles faster than they're supposed to, and and... 10 kilometers down the road, they're pulled over by the police. Don't tell me you don't smile and, and want to put down your window and say, hey, you got what you deserved, punk. You deserve that. But Paul gives us very specific and very direct command. He says, bless those who persecute you. Have you actually did a deeper study into what Paul is actually saying when he says, bless those who persecute you? If you did a deeper study into this, this scripture, you would actually come to find that Paul is saying, be a continual blessing. Be a continual blessing. Not just bless once. Not just bless twice. Okay, they've, you know, they've had enough. Get out, of my, get out of my life. Get out of my face. You're annoying. You've kept doing all these things over that I don't like. No, no, no. Paul is saying be a continual, continual blessing to those who are a continual problem. Be a continual blessing. Not just if they're being a burden for a few minutes. Not if they're just being a burden for a few days. But to be a continual blessing even if they're continually offending you. Now my flesh, as, as you know, as you've already heard, has a long way to come, a long way to go to become like Christ. Because I don't want to bless someone who's mean to me. I don't want to have time and patience for someone who's annoying to me. And I, I especially don't want to be nice to those who are mean to my loved ones, to my kids, to my wife. I just, my flesh wants to snap. My, my flesh wants to say, I'll show you. I'll get my revenge. Oh, yeah? Two can play that game. You think you're mean now? Wait until you get what's coming to you. That's what my flesh wants to say. But Paul writes to me. Paul writes to us. Be a continual blessing. So Paul's writing this. How do we do it? Not everything in the Bible is easy to put into life practice, but how do we do that? How do we be a continual blessing? And honestly, it's impossible in our human nature to ever do that. The only way that we can do what Paul is talking about in Romans 12 is actually we have to start and understand the context in which Romans 12 was written. So if you jump back, this, you can actually, you know, you can click on the, the, the Bible tab on, on Church Online and, and, and jump back and you can read it with us. Jump, if you jump back to verse 1 of this chapter, it gives a context. It sets the stage for how we love people. Because if, we're, if love is the foundation to finding peace, and if we're missing peace, there might be a good chance that in some areas of our life that we're missing 
love. This gives us a context of how do we start to love difficult people. Paul starts off Romans 12 by saying this. He says, in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy. How merciful has God been to you? How much has God forgiven you from that you don't deserve? How much are you blessed beyond what you've earned? In view of that, in view of God's goodness to you, in view of his grace for you, Paul tells us, Then he goes on and says, in view of God's grace, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. And he goes, this is your true and proper worship. And often we get worship confused because in the church we say, let's worship together. Let's let's sing a song. Let's play some music. But, But worship is not restricted to music or to singing. Worshiping God is the life that we live. Loving people as we have been loved is an act of worship. And Paul says this, the way to do that is, is to, to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Now, I know that living sacrifice, it kind of seems like a contradiction. And I think about a living sacrifice because generally when I think about a sacrifice, I think of something dead. If you go back to the Old Testament, they had to sacrifice animals as offerings. And and I'm I'm so glad we don't have to do that anymore. But a sacrifice is usually dead. And and an animal, and and if animals could talk or that, you know, you could say to them back back in the Old Testament, okay, who's volunteering to be a, you know, to be a sacrifice? I bet you no no little lamb is saying, me, you know, that they're not saying that. You know, just, you know, slice me up, cut my throat. You know, I'm ready to be a sacrifice. None of them would do that. Then you think of a living sacrifice. And when I think of a living sacrifice, my mind automatically goes to the Lamb of God, Jesus himself. He wasn't asked, he wasn't forced. He says, I am willing to die. He said, I will be a living sacrifice. He says, no one, he, he, if, I, if I could think for a moment, it's kind of like, no one is going to take his life, but he was willing to lay his life down. So, how we respond to others, is it as a living sacrifice? It's not natural. And then Paul goes on in verse 16, he says, live in harmony with one another. That's a great verse for when we go out in rush hour or when malls get opened back up. Live in a harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Do not be conceited. Scenes were on the Greek and Hebrew lesson. Why not tell you what this means in Greek and Hebrew? Do not be proud. In Greek, means do not be proud. Do not be conceited. 
And I know that we're not in full swing from restrictions. But I don't know if there's ever been another time in history where there are so many proud and conceited people. I think maybe, you know, social media is added to it. Because we're not having conversations face to face. And, you know, it's really easy to state your opinion or like or share. That's a topic for another time. But some people are even proud in Jesus' name, right? I'm right. I'm right, and I'm proud of it. I'm proud that I'm right. Gosh darn it, I'm right. I know it all. I'm right. Like I said, I've watched three YouTube videos. I've listened to some podcasts. I got a friend who knows somebody who sent me an email that says this. I'm right. I'm right. Everybody else is wrong. Don't try to debate me. I am right. You are wrong. Here's the big moment in today's talk. Ready for it? Here's it. If you can take anything from today, remember, Jesus didn't tell us to be right. Jesus told us to be loving. He didn't say the world's going to know you by how correct you are, how correct we are. No, no, no. He said, he said the, the world is going to know you by how loving we are. Church, family, it's okay for people to think different, act different, even look different, even believe different. It is okay. Finding peace. It's not about proving to everybody that you're right. Finding peace is not about convincing everyone that your way is the correct way. The foundation to finding peace is found in your love for others, regardless of their opinions, their thoughts, their beliefs, their color, their gender, their age. See, finding peace is not about proving to everyone around you that you're right or convincing them that to come to your side, to come to your way of thinking. The foundation to finding peace, as we're in this series called Missing the Peace, the foundation to finding peace in your life is found in your love for others. Can I give us a tip? And this goes to me as well. This is, again, I don't pre ever preach from a place like I've got it all figured out. I preach from a place of God is probably convicting and moving in my life. And I just want to share with you and be in a process of, of learning and, and growing and being in, in, you know, pursuit of a perfect God and becoming more like Christ, becoming fully engaged followers of Jesus together. So if I can give you a tip on loving people is this. When people talk, don't listen to respond. When people talk, don't listen to correct. When people talk, when your friends talk, when your coworkers talk, when your family talks, when somebody you disagree with completely talks, love 
listens to understand. Instead of just listening to respond or to correct, would we listen to understand and listen so we can actually love better? What if we started with grace? What if we as Christians started with grace and allowed the Holy Spirit to do what he does to bring conviction and lead us to truth? You know, if we can't understand another perspective, our impact is going to be limited. I love what Billy Graham said. Billy Graham was a great evangelist who passed away a couple years ago. He reached thousands for the gospel. Billy Graham said this. He says, the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's God's job to judge. And it's my job to love. Paul in Ephesians 4, 2 says, be patient with one another, with each other's. Be patient with each other. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Finding peace is going to be birthed out of our love for others. Because of your love, they're not going to know you because you're correct. They're not going to know us because we're right. The world, we have the hope of the world living inside of us. The world is going to know us by the way we love. So I want to ask you a question. Are you having a hard time finding peace these days? How well are you loving people? How well are you loving people? How well are you listening not to correct, not to just push your opinion back or to even say anything back, but just to understand. It's important to remember that we're going to be offended. Hurt people, there's a lot of hurting people right now. It's inevitable. Hurt people hurt people. There's a lot of people walking around with hurt. Live it, but living offended is a choice. We can let it go. And if we do a flashback a couple weeks ago, I said this, as your calling is too big and your life is too short to be offended by something so small. Life is too short. The Bible says it's a mere mist or a mere dust or a mere smoke, whichever translation you read. In light of eternity, we're just here one minute and gone the next. In the blink of an eye. My life is too short to live offended. To miss, I don't want to be offended because I might miss an opportunity to love someone. I don't want to miss an opportunity to love someone because I'm offended. Oh, pity me, pity Lauren. No, my life is too short to not to live in peace, to not to love someone. Your calling is one by God. God has placed a calling on your life. And the calling is this, to show his love. The world will know us by our love. 
Wouldn't it be amazing that because of our love and God's love through us and God's love for us, that in view of God's mercy, in view of what he's forgiven us of, we got better at overlooking offenses. We got better at asking the question that we talked about a few, a few weeks ago about f- filling the gap. Is like, what if we started asking questions like, mm, I wonder why they acted like that. I wonder what's going on in their life for them to make them to respond like that. What if we loved first? I think that if we loved first, the peace that so many of us are missing would start to be evident in our lives. Someone's rude to you? Hmm, I wonder why they're rude. I choose to love them anyway. They're not like that. That's not really who they are. They're just having a bad day. So as we close today, I want us just to do a little inward reflection. Take a little assessment of your personal love meter. Not other people, not the person sitting next to you, but your personal love meter. And ask yourself this. When you are in an argument, because we get in arguments, whether or not they're very vocal, but when you're in an argument or a debate, or you don't see eye to eye with someone, a spouse, a child, a coworker, maybe it's a Facebook or an Instagram rant. Or... This was big for me. What is your desired outcome? Is your desired outcome to win? To have the person that you're arguing with or disagreeing with to agree with you, to come to your side, to prove that you're the right one, that you're right, that your opinion's right? As I was prepping this message, I read this one line and it convicted me in my love. And I thought, maybe if it's convicting me, if, it's, if God's speaking to me in this way, maybe, just maybe it would speak to you. And this one line I've never heard before, but I like it. It's challenging, but it says, love doesn't seek to win the argument. Love seeks to protect the relationship. Can I say that again? Love doesn't seek to win the argument. Love seeks to protect the relationship. Church family, friends, wherever you're watching from, if you're watching today, both Pastor Sean Lee and I love you. But in our effort to be right, even sometimes it might come from a, a good heart, sometimes some of us and this is not like a slap on the wrist. Allow it to maybe be a convicting moment in your heart to draw us to be more like Christ, to come to him humbly and ask for forgiveness. But some of us in our effort to be right have forgotten to be loving. 
and we're wondering why we're missing peace in our lives is because we're not loving first. Church, we've got more important things to do than being right. How you love people, how you love people who are difficult to love, we all have them. Paul says, Paul said it like this, and we've read it in a couple different translations. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Romans 12, 8, as far as it depends on you. I, I get it. Sometimes it's out of your control what somebody else does. I get it. And you can't control everybody else, but you can control yourself. But it, as far as it depends on you, whatever's within your power, whatever is in your ability, whatever's in your response, we're going to live at peace with everyone. That means the person that you're not talking to right now. It goes with the person who you think is not right, the person who is really rude to you, that person who has wronged you, took advantage of you. As far as it depends on you, Paul says, it's hard to read. It's hard to, or it's easy to read, hard to implement. As far as it depends on you, we're going to do what's right. We're going to live in peace. The assignment's tough, but it is the gateway finding peace. Here's the thing. We can't do this alone. We need help from the one who is peace. Jesus Christ himself. We need him active in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit moving in our lives because it's not easy to love people who are rude or people who hurt us and people who offend us. We need, and some of you today have never made a decision to give your life to Christ. And you're like, where's the peace? Why have I a hard time letting go of offense? It's because Christ is not working in your life. Would you allow him in? He's knocking at your door today. Would you allow him in? All you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Make me new. In the name of Jesus, amen. And if you pray something simple like that, I encourage you, would you click the link or, or press the I rose my hand that's jumping up in the comment section right now and let us know that you've given your life to Christ. Discovery Church. I get it that it takes two to reconcile. For a relationship to be whole again, it takes two. It takes two to reconcile, but it does only take one to forgive. Two to reconcile, it only takes one to be loving. So as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on me, I'm going to live in peace with everyone. Thanks for taking some time to tune in today. Peace starts with love. Where's your love meter at? Discovery Church, Pastor Sean Lee and I love you. We can't wait to hang out next Sunday, hopefully in at Harlock Park from one to three, just to see some people face to face. People are hurting right now. Would we 
have our response to be love in this season, in this lifetime. Our life is too short. Our calling is too big to live offended and let the small things impact God's calling on our life. We love you. Have an amazing